Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. We're going to jump right in. Wasn't that awesome, our baptisms today? Isn't that amazing? Life change. Man, we'll, we'll, we'll fill that tank for one person, right? We'll have one every Sunday with one person in there. Amen. Today we're going to answer this question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, um, I know we all come from different backgrounds, don't we? Lots of different denominations in here, and that's what I love about our church, is we are diverse. We've got Methodists, yes, we got Baptists, we got Presbyterians, we got United Methodists, right? We've got... We've got um, Southern Baptists, we've got Assembly of God, we've got all sorts of people. We've got some people that were Roman Catholic at our church today. Isn't that awesome? Listen, there's, there's everybody. And you know what? That's what God wants church to be like, right? And so when we all come in as a church together, uh, we all have different ideas about the Bible. We all have different theology that, um, about the Holy Spirit. So today, I want to clear the air, and we're going to actually, I'm not going to answer who the Holy Spirit is today. I'm going to let Jesus do it for us. How's that sound? Is that good? So I'm not going to do it, because I, I grew up, man, I went to, my brother's here. Can we just welcome my brother and uh, his wife? Stand up. Come on. He's like, I'm not standing up. And uh, my, my niece, Callie, my brother, Jared, and my uh, sister-in-law, Patty, they, they're here all the way from the best country uh, on earth. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> wow, I'm going to get some hate mail today. Listen, I'm from Canada. This is your best country in the world, right? Um, but they're, they're all the way here. We're going to have a great week. I'm excited that they're here today. But... My brother and I, we grew up in, in some crazy churches. You know, on Sunday morning, there was people running the aisles. Anybody go to a church like that? Oh, my goodness. They were running the aisles. People were loud. And then, I, and then when I was a little bit older, my dad took me to a church, and we kind of just sat there. And I almost fell asleep, right? There's, I, I, went to all, I went to a church uh, where I went to school, and uh, when, when someone would get prayed for, they would fall over. I went to all sorts of churches, right? And we all come from all sorts of backgrounds, but all of what I just said is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an experience. He's our God, right? But we can experience the Holy Spirit, amen? So today we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about it. Can we, can we laugh in church? Are you okay with that? No one's going to get offended if I talk about the denomination you come from? All right, cool. Here we go. Here we go. So you, you, know, the, you know the bit. Um, how many people does it take to, uh, to change the light bulb, right? So we're going to go through here. And what you're going to say is how many? Can I hear you say how many? Hi. All right, here we go. How many charismatics does it take to change the light bulb? Only one, because their hands are already in the air. <laughs> Woo! All right. How many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Change. Okay. Remember, we're, we're having fun today. I love the Baptists. 
I love you guys. I love you guys. How many TV evangelists does it take to change a light bulb? One. But for the message of light to continue, send in your donation today. How many Roman Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, I forgot the answer to that one. None. They always use candles. Oh, woohoo. Uh, how many Episcopalians does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to actually change the light bulb, and nine to say how much they liked the old light bulb. Listen, how many New Hope, now how many NHCers, that's us, how many NHCers uh, does it take to change the light bulb? One, and ten to set up for the food afterwards, right? <laughs> how many Amish does it take to change a light bulb? What's a light bulb? Listen, we all, have, we all come from different backgrounds, right? But you know what? There's one God, one heaven, right? Amen? I got some amen from Ian on the front row. Yeah, come on. He's, pre he's preaching it. Um, but listen, when we get to heaven, God is not going to say, okay, come on up here. Come on up here, Jason. Come on up here, man. Well, what denomination were you? They're not going to ask that question when we get to heaven, are they? No. So last week we started, we, we, we kind of completed, I got one more, but today I'm taking a break. We got one more Kingdom Builders uh, message I want to share with you, but it's not today. So last week we were talking about two gifts that Jesus promised us. And, and today the first one is the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're going to talk about. And over the years, what I have noticed going from church, I've been a youth pastor at a couple churches, I grew up in some different churches, what I've noticed is the church that you go to wraps up the, the, the word and, and, and delivers it, right? It's a gift. And so each church maybe wraps it up a little different, and maybe over the years that gift has looked different, or has been abused, or doesn't look the way you read it in the Word. So today we're going to clear the air, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I'm actually going to do a full four-week series on this, so this is kind of the opener. And then we're going to skip a little bit, because i got some friends coming to, to share a message with you. But instead of denominations, let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Can we do that? Can we be open-minded today, amen, on the Holy Spirit? Um, I, I love, I love, I don't have this on the screen, but I love what Jesus says in Luke 4, because what it shows in Luke 4 is that Jesus has the Spirit. Can you give something you don't have? So watch, Jesus has the Spirit, so let's look here, it's not on there, Luke 4, 18 to 19, it says the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Anybody want freedom? Amen. And recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So right there in that scripture, we see that Jesus himself physically was here on earth with us, has God's spirit. So since he has God's spirit, don't you think he can give it to somebody? Yes, 
100%. So today we're going to talk about this moment where in, in, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is sitting around at a table, right? Da Vinci's on the other side painting. I'm just kidding, all right? I'm sure they were around the table. They weren't all on one side. Isn't that funny? You go to the Christmas the Christ, or the Easter plays, and all the, they're all on one side, and you think, oh, yeah, that's how it was. No, we all sit around on a table, right? And so he is sitting around with his disciples, 12 of them, and he's teaching them. Don't you think that that's the Last Supper? Don't you think that Jesus is going to be talking about a lot of important stuff that night? Hey, before I go, imagine you're on your deathbed, and your kids walk in the room, and you're like, hey, listen, it's not going to be long from now. Let me tell you let me tell you something, right? So Jesus is here. This is kind of his last will and testament to his disciples, telling them. Listen, he, he says, don't be troubled. I'm going to go. He's, go he's, he's telling them, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Heaven, right? This, the disciples start realizing he's going somewhere, that it's, it's not going to be very long, and they're already feeling the loneliness. They're like, we've been with Jesus for like three years. This is the greatest experience of our life. We used to be fishers, fishermen. Now we're hanging out with Jesus and we're having the greatest experience of our lifetime. I've, I saw Jesus heal that lady. I saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. He's, he's, they're all there thinking back through all the memories for all the years that they got to hang out with Jesus. You know when your friend goes away or you move away, you, you start thinking, oh, I'm going to really miss them. So the disciples right there are starting already to be lonely because Jesus is going away. He said, don't be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm sure all of us have felt that way before. Maybe not because someone was going away, but we just, in life, we feel lonely. Maybe we've gone through something traumatic. Maybe we've gone through divorce. Maybe our parents, your parents got divorced. Whatever it may be, you feel lonely. You feel alone. Maybe you've been part of church for years, and you're like, I get the Father God thing. I get the Jesus thing. I got baptized. But why do I feel like that's the end? That's why I was telling Chris today, hey, this is just the beginning, that the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and transform you from the inside out. So look what he says just after they start asking questions. Well, wait, where are you going? What's, what's going to happen? John 14, 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. Isn't that an amazing promise from, from God? He's like, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He's really saying, you're not going to be alone. Don't worry. But they couldn't, they couldn't understand fully, could they? What we can read today, they, they were just still working out in their mind. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And you know what? Jesus is saying that to his church today. I will not leave you. You might be alone here on earth. You may feel that way. But I'm sending you my spirit. Remember the spirit he said he had back in Luke 4? Well, he's saying, you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be an orphan. Look what John 14, 16 says, a couple verses before. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. What? Now, we, we start 
trying to figure out, well, how does this work? How does this advocate, how does this comforter, how does this helper, how does this happen? He said, he'll send it to you. The inauguration of the church in Acts 2, he sent the Holy Spirit. And that was the beginning of our church. We, uh, beginning of the church, we talked about that last week. You know what's an amazing benefit of Jesus saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not going to be an orphan. I'm going away physically. All right? He's hanging out with 12 guys, his disciples. But I'm going to send everyone who believes in me the Holy Spirit. So now I can't just help transform 12 guys. I can help transform and be with everybody. That's a pretty good trade-off, isn't it? And now we're like, well, Pastor Landon, you can't see the Holy Spirit. But you have his presence in your life. You can experience the Holy Spirit. He can change your life. Amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, has been involved in your life all along the journey. He tells you to get up in the morning. He tells you, don't go this way. Stay clear of this. I want to tell this story about my brother. If you don't mind, Jared, it's awesome. It's a good story. We, we went, we drove from where we live to a place called Quebec. Anybody been to Quebec? They speak a different language than all of us, okay? And uh, we went to go pick up a car for him at an auction, and we drove up in one vehicle with my cousin, and we drove back in, in two. So my brother and I drove back together. It was all in one day. It's like a six, seven-hour drive. So him and I are driving back. I had just got my license, and he lets me drive his new car. Yes. And it was a Ford, so yeah, thank you. And so we're driving back, and it's really, it's like two in the morning, and we're driving, and a lot of places growing up where we lived, there was no big four-lane highways everywhere. There were some places where we were just on a two-lane road, and we were cruising, okay? I just got my license. I'm dumb and young and all that good stuff. So we're driving down the road. And my brother is literally, he's, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. All right? Remember Jesus in the boat? Jared was doing the same kind of thing. He's in, the, he's, in the, he's in the passenger seat sleeping. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of in the zone driving, except for I don't see the like eight-point buck walk out on the road. And now in Canada, we have real deer. Okay? They're not puppies like here in Florida. Sorry. But they are, little puppies. <laughs> it's like, how many times are you going to offend us today, Pastor Landon? As many as possible. So we're driving. And unbeknownst to me, my brother wakes up, right? Lazarus, come forth, okay? He wakes up. And he grabs the steering wheel and does this. Just easy, like that. And then he does this, and then he goes back to sleep. Guess what? He drove around the deer when we were going 60 miles an hour. And he fell back to sleep, and I'm like. (laughs) The Spirit wakes us up. 
my brother has the Spirit of God living in him. Isn't that, ama- isn't that an amazing story? It's true. So today we're going to talk about three roles, so write them down, three roles, and we're not going to be able to go all the way, that's why we're going to do a series later on in a month or two, but we're going to talk about three roles today so we can get started, um, the Holy Spirit has in our life. Isn't that awesome? So let's write them down. Number one, the Holy Spirit is our friend. Everybody say friend. 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 You know, I have good friends. You know, a lot of us have good friends, maybe one or two. Have you noticed that, that you don't have a ton of good friends? You have a few good friends because they know who you really are, right? <laughs> but you know what? When I need help, those are the people that I call. I have a couple brothers, real like my, my brothers. They're great, good friends of mine. I have a, a gentleman in the third row, Butch. He is a, a good friend to me. He calls me up. He prays for me. He said, how are you doing? He was a pastor, so we get, we get it, right? And, and he's, he's, a, he's a good friend uh, to me. We all need good friends, don't we? But what's, an, what's amazing about the Holy Spirit is he's our friend that, is const, that can constantly be there in our life. Where Butch can call me a couple times a week or he'll drive through, he's working in this area, he'll come in and hang out with me. That's awesome. But the Holy Spirit can be with us all the time. Remember what Jesus said? I don't call you slaves, I call you my friends. Friends. A friend helps you in time of need. Has anybody been in need this week for anything? Oh, yeah. Charles, that's it, one guy. (laughs) We can't do this thing called life without the friend of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? When we're in need, we need the Lord to speak to us, and he does that by way of his spirit. We can't raise kids all by ourselves. Your spouse and you need the Holy Spirit to be there, to be a friend, Look what it says, and this is like, there's only six times that that the Bible couples these together. But look what it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Let's look at this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So he's saying, hey, God, the Father, the Son, and the fellowship... You know what we have with friends? Fellowship. Come on, church. Did you guys have your coffee today? You know what we have with, with, with friends? We have fellowship. How much more so should we spend time with our friend, the Holy Spirit? Now, some of you might be like, Pastor Landon, you're, you're kind of diminishing the role of the Holy Spirit in our life as being our, a friend. He's our friend. Look what it says. I love what the message version, version says. It says this, this um, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And Paul is kind of finishing up a letter saying, hey, may he be with all of you. The friendship, the, not just friends, but intimate friendship. You can have that with the Holy Spirit. 
Why is the Holy Spirit our friend? You know, because God designed us not to do life by ourselves. Yes, we have people here, we have a spouse, we have friends, but he designed us not to do life alone. He didn't just create us and then leave us alone. Hey, my daughter's out there whistling. I love it. Um, but he didn't just design us to, he just didn't, hey, I'm going to create you, have fun. He wants to do life with us. God designed us that way. Why does your life at times seem to be messed up, out of order? Because God designed us to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, our alignment is off with God, right? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you, and I'm coming by way of the Holy Spirit, your intimate friend. He's our friend because we need help, okay? But number two, he's our teacher because we need to grow. Come on. He's our friend because we need help, but he's our teacher because we need to grow. Amen? We've all had those teachers in our life, right? Anybody have just an awesome teacher you can remember back like, oh, I remember that teacher. Awesome teacher, right? We, he's, our, he's our teacher. Look what it says here in John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, so John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. Everybody say teach. And now everybody say teach, preacher, teach. That was, that was kind of weak. But we'll try again later. Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Isn't that awesome that we don't have, we don't just have a friend, we have a teacher, right? So, and he's going he's gonna to be there every day. Imagine having a teacher, wait, um, maybe not. Imagine having a teacher there beside you every moment of the day to remind you. Hey, remember what you read this morning? You're doing the exact opposite. You need to change. You need to check yourself, right, before you wreck yourself. You know, I had some great teachers. You know what I noticed in school? I was one of those students that I was kind of just average because I just kind of did what they asked me to, and I didn't go above and beyond. I didn't do, I kind of just went with it. But you know what happened when I had a really good teacher? I loved the class. I loved it. I loved history. But when I got with a teacher, he'd show up with a sword and stand on the desk. You know what I got in that class? I got an A in that class because I just loved that teacher. You know what would happen when I got a teacher I didn't like so much? I didn't do good at all. Man, I caused some mischief in those classes. You know, I, I, I don't even want to tell you the stories because you would fire me as your pastor. <laughs> so to, if there's teachers listening to the podcast or online, this is my apology to you that you had to have me as your student. Hey, do we have any teachers in the room? Come on, if you're a teacher, can you stand up? Let's, let's thank our teachers. Come on, Shannon. Come on, you don't want to be honored, but we love you. We got teachers over here. Come on. We love our teachers and admin, all those people. But you know what, hap you know what happened when I, when I had a, a teacher that, that I couldn't follow? 
I failed a lot. I went to summer school one year. It was the worst time of my life. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't learn. I, I, I failed a lot. I was in detention <laughs> when I didn't follow my teacher. If you fight the teacher, you'll never learn the lessons that the teacher is asking you. Let me say that one more time. If you fight the teacher, now we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you will never learn the lesson the teacher intended for you. Right? And each day, that, that still small voice that you have each day is the Holy Spirit teaching you. You know, sometimes you're like, you just kind of turn the Holy Spirit off. And you know what? That voice can get smaller and shorter and quieter and quieter, but that's up to you, isn't it? If you're in the same bad cycle in your life, you're probably fighting the teacher and not learning the lesson. Guess what? You're not going to go to the next grade. You're going to stay in third grade. You're just going to stay there. But if you learn the lesson that the teacher is teaching, you'll continue to, be, to, to, to go up, to go up and get closer to that teacher. So how do, how do we submit to the Holy Spirit, our teacher? Uh, we talked about this a little bit at youth last week, and they were all gave me a hard time about what a yield sign really means. So I looked it up in the Florida statutes, okay, <laughs> students, this is what I was, but, but we think about this yield sign, and a yield sign is not just a cool suggestion, like some of you may think, right? Your bumper says so, right? Florida statue, listen, Shannon, this is for you, brother, no, um, I don't know, I <laughs> Florida statute 316-123 says the driver of vehicle approaching a yield sign shall in obedience in such, uh, be, uh, I can't read, um, in such signs slow down to, to a speed reasonable for the existing conditions and if required safely stop. A yield sign means slow down. Like, slow down a little bit. This is not a merge. It's a yield. It's slow down to give way, because guess what? There's something coming on that road that you don't want to touch. <laughs> right? There's something coming down that road that when you get on that road, you don't want to meet with them. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit wants to do something in our life, but a lot of times we don't want to slow down. We don't want to yield and say, okay, Holy Spirit, come through and lead me, right? Because guess what happens when, when, when the main road is, is moving and the Holy Spirit's moving down that road? Guess what? You're going to yield, allow the Holy Spirit, then you get what? Right up behind. And what happens when there's a semi going down the road? You get behind that thing and close, and it pulls you along, right? Because drafting. He knows that he's a, he bikes, right? You get behind there, and you draft. And the Holy Spirit pulls you along. Isn't that awesome? So we need, to be, we need to yield. We need to slow down. Why? Because God is saying, listen, we're going to pause for a minute. I've got something to say to you today. 
Get up in the morning early. Read your word. Pray. God wants, has something to say to you today. Pause. Hey, am I making the right decision? Now, some of us don't want to make decisions at all, okay? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Talking to us that make decisions where it's like they're going out of style. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, yeah. Right? Pause. Slow down. The teacher's teaching. Listen to the teacher. Amen? As soon as I yield, have you noticed that in school when you're, you're trying to learn something? And as soon as you just sit face to face with your teacher and they sit there and say, hey, this is how the math problem goes. And you're like, oh. You're right. So when you yield, when you slow down, you're going to learn the lesson that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you. Amen? Sometimes we kind of do that with the Word of God, too. We have re Bible reading plans here at church. Sometimes we just kind of blow, blow through the Bible reading plan. Hey, pause. God, speak to me through your Word today. Teach me. And I believe He will. The last one. So, so the Holy Spirit is our friend, right? Because he's our helper. He's our teacher because we need to grow. And third, the Holy Spirit is God. You're like, yeah, we need that, Pastor Landon. Some people don't know that. The Holy Spirit is just part of his Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three in one. Right? God, Jesus came, physical, and then our Holy Spirit can be with us always. Who is in the driver's seat of your life today? People are like, oh, Jesus is my co-pilot. Woo! Holy Spirit is my co-pilot. No, he's not. He needs to be the one driving. Right? He needs to be the one driving the car. Give way. You're going to hang out over here. You're going to be adjusting the, the songs. Right? You're like, okay, yeah. New hope worship right there, yeah. Who is in the driver's seat? How do we do, how do, we do this thing? We need the biggest word for this one. We, we have a friend who's our helper. We have the teacher who helps us grow. And we have God, the Holy Spirit, who guess what? He's, he's going to be there to help us submit to him. And we don't, in our culture, we don't like the word submit, right? Like, wait, there's someone who's telling me I got to do this, this, and this. I, I, I don't know about that. But God does it because he has something really special for his people to do. He has something really special for your marriage. He has something really special for your kids. He has something real special for your church, for your job. And man, if you can yield and get out of the way and say, okay, I'm going to follow you. You do, way, you do it way better than me. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. If you go outside today after service, which I hope you do because we're going to turn the lights out and the air conditioning, all that thing, stuff, um, you're going to go out there and you're going to see these beautiful trees. If you go over to the pond over there, you might see a gator. You might see fish. That's our creator. And he has something special for your life that he wants you to do. And he's just saying, hey, submit to me. Allow me to lead your life. Allow me to be in the driver's seat. God's like, I'm nobody's co-pilot. Sorry. I'm either driving, that's it. I'm either leading, or that's it. Amen? 
So, we are a spirit-filled church because we believe the Bible says we need to be full of God's spirit. Because when we're full of God's spirit, guess what? That's what comes out. We're, we could be full of all sorts of other stuff, but God wants us to be full of him. Amen? So look what John, here's our last part, and look what John uh, 16, 7 to 8 says, um, as Tara comes. John 16, 7 to 8 says, but the fact, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, Jesus is saying, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the teacher, our friend, our God, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, we don't like this word, he will convict the world of its sin. And of God's righteousness. And of the coming judgment. So Jesus already went. He already sent the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying, I'm sending you my spirit because he's going to convict. What, D, what Jesus did with 12 disciples, he wants to do with all of us. And that's lead us. And that's to fill us with his spirit. You know what? That was just 12 ordinary, uneducated fishermen tax collectors, right? Maybe you come to church. I heard someone talk recently about, yeah, I thought I had to have it all together when I showed up at church. We don't have it all together here at New Hope. It might be the wrong church. But what we do know, we know who has it all together. And that's God. Amen? You know, religion religious things point and says you're wrong you're bad don't do that this 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 but you know what God guides I remember going to church when I was younger and you couldn't couldn't do this you couldn't do that and everything was a big rule right everything's like a bunch of rules Holy Spirit wants to guide us because he's going to tell us what to watch, what to listen to, what not to watch, what not to listen to, who to marry, who not to marry. Look what John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Anybody in here want all truth in your life? He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit isn't just an experience like on the day of Pentecost, which that is valid and that is great, and I hope you experience that. And we're going to talk about that in, a, in another series, but the Holy Spirit is God himself coming into your life. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit every day every day I want to tell you a story before we go and it's it just how the Holy Spirit works he speaks to us there was a and this is kind of props for all of our sign where's our sign people who stand at the road I know David Duke does it John does it Max does it I know Shannon does it 
listen, I want to I want to tell you a story. There was a gentleman. It was we were we were only in this building for about maybe a month, and they were out there just you know it says welcome home or we love frostproof or the best is yet to come, and they're just out there greeting people and welcoming them to church. Well, there was a gentleman driving by the church that day, and something told him. I wonder who that is. Something told him to come back to church. He drove by, said, wow. He came in, he sat over here somewhere. He's from up north, I don't think he's here today. And he sat through the service, rededicated his life to Jesus. And I called him that week, he filled out one of the cards. I called him, I said, hey, how you doing? My name's Landon, I'm the pastor. You know, I went through that. And he started telling me his story. He said, I was planning on committing suicide this week. But something told me to drive into the church. Something told me to get out of my car and to come into church today. Now, if that's not the Holy Spirit, I don't know what is. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us, to teach us, to grow us, and to be our friend. Amen. So I want to give you three challenges today. Write them down. This is, I'm calling this prayer challenges. Okay? This is going to kind of be that prime to the pump in your life. Number, number one, this is our prayer. This is a prayer challenge. Holy Spirit, convict me. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you to shame you. He convicts you to change you. He wants to change your life. He doesn't want all that rotten junk in there, not just because of him, but because of you. He wants you to live the life that he's called you to live. So number two, that gets us to the second one. The Holy Spirit, this is our prayer. Holy Spirit, change me. Change me. How does he change us? He brings around Christian friends, connects to church. We have what we call growth track. Man, you got to come. It's awesome. Uh, it'll connect you with your local church. It'll connect you with people. But most importantly, you'll grow in your relationship with God. He'll change you. Number three, Holy Spirit, consume me. What, what does that mean? Less of me, God, and more of you. Less of me and more of you. Maybe we're just full of ourselves. I know I am at times. It's all about landing. But we're saying, when you say, consume me, I prayed this prayer twice a day this week, and it changed my focus. It put my focus on God consume me. Maybe you're, maybe we're just full of ourselves. You know, the Bible says, um, cause it is talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit it says, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be full of the Holy Spirit. Don't do whatever you fill in the blank for what your life is. Don't get whatever. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Consume me. Hey, let's stand all over the place today before we go. If that is your prayer today, 
that I want to pray, Lord, convict me, change me, consume me. Would you just put your hand up and close your eyes for a moment and say, that's me today. Pray that prayer today. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit today. To take out everything else and to fill you with his Spirit today. To change your life. To convict you of anything that you have against him or anybody. To change you. You know, whatever you're full of, that's what you're led by. So God, fill us with your Spirit today. I want to be led by you. Search me. I'm submitting to you. Just prayers like that. Just spend a moment praying things like that. Fill me with your Spirit. Let us be Spirit-filled believers that say, you're my friend, you're my teacher, because I want to grow. You're God. give the Holy Spirit. Come on. I'm believing for our church. I'm believing that we'll be spirit-filled believers. I'm believing that this is just the beginning, that this isn't the end. And I'm believing uh, for growth in your life. I'm believing that God wants to, to equip you. He wants to change you into who he's called you to be. And he's there to help you every step of the way. Amen? Hey, listen, Tara and I love you guys. We're excited about what God's doing in you and through you. Can we this week lift up somebody in our church, call them on the phone, take them out to eat, do something? There's somebody in this room that, that needs to connect with you. There's someone in this room that, that needs uh, Jesus working through you to, to bless them. Isn't that good? That's a word from the Lord today. Amen. We love you. Have a great week.